1: I think that whole concept of consent and having complete control of your body and your sexual energy is the basis for all of this and and really where women find the empowerment. On dating sites, I was sexting. I was having sexy FaceTimes. I was... Getting unsolicited dick pics. So there's really, I was exchanging nudes with men on dating sites. So this idea of the leap from dating sites to OnlyFans was a very short jump. Other than I realized on OnlyFans, I'm able to monetize the very same behavior that I'm participating in, in the, the virtual sex dating site culture. How do you define sex work? You know, that's such a good question because I think that word gets thrown around.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. It's another fun Saturday. I am so excited for today's guest. I cannot wait to jump in with her. Today I have Sarah Jury and she's A 40 year old former teacher, a mama of twins, and digital content creator for OnlyFans. After her 13 year marriage ended, she found herself a single mom living in poverty as a teacher. She worked many side jobs. Despite her best efforts, her hard work failed to get her out of the poverty cycle. She was fired from her teaching job because of her OnlyFans, and she's manifesting. However, she is manifesting her most beautiful self by reclaiming her body and sexual energy and empowering women to do the same. She's blessed and unstoppable. Sarah, welcome to the Curious Girl
1: Diaries. I cannot wait to dive into your story. I'm so excited. As I had mentioned, I've done so many podcasts since my story sort of became viral in the media, but this is the first podcast that I actually get to talk with another woman about sex and my story. So, It is exciting because I feel like the journey to reclaim your sexuality as a woman is very different, but then also very much the same for lots of women in our society. Well, you are definitely on the right podcast because the
0: Curious Girl Diaries is all about female sexuality. That is is the
1: whole premise. So yay. yay. I fit right in and I just love... Having these conversations because I feel like these are the pivotal conversations that when women talk about their sexual energy, it just liberates other women to do the same and find healing for themselves around this area. Yes. Okay. So you have a big backstory. I want to let you fill everyone
0: in on it and just bring the listeners up to speed kind of on how you got to where you are today.
1: So. I was married a long time. I got married very young and I really enjoyed being married. I I loved being a wife. But after 13 years of marriage, I found myself single and a single mom. So I had a lot of new experiences over the last five years. It was sort of one of those divorces where I lost everything, my house. Financial security, my health insurance. And I knew that I was just starting over from scratch, which is a very scary place to be rock bottom, but also a very beautiful place to find yourself because you realize that you now have the opportunity to rebuild your life any way you want. And so I made this promise to myself that I wanted to become my most beautiful self and rebuild my most beautiful life. And if anything fell out of the scope of those two things, it wasn't meant for me. So it started first with reclaiming my body. I was really overweight and I got into health. I got into fitness. I actually got a tummy tuck and it was just this really beautiful, empowering space to finally feel at home in my body. And then I started doing hip hop aerobics. And that was really where I started tapping into the sexual energy. And for Mm -hmm. the first time in my life, I was twerking and moving my hips. And it just became this really safe, beautiful expression of how to move my body in a way I've never moved it before. And I tapped into feeling sexy for the first time in my life. And it really sparked something inside of me of just embracing that feeling of being sexy and empowered.
0: I love that because, you know, it's funny. I said not that long ago on this show, I was like, I want to, I've always wanted to take a pole dancing class. I'm very into exercise. I've always been an exerciser. And I tell women like, listen, if you want to feel, you know, first of all, getting kind of in touch with your body, knowing how strong you are, just feeling good and sexy, you know, well, the more you pour into yourself. And th- for me, a lot of that is through physical fitness and exercise. That's what makes me turned on. I feel like my gets my testosterone going and yes. I'm horny and I'm juiced up and I, I look good. I like what I see in the mirror, you know, and then I'm like
1: boost your confidence, you know, yes. all this great stuff. It is. And then I started wearing sexier clothes because when I was in my 20s and I was really overweight, I was wearing mom jeans and baggy clothes. So then all of a sudden I'm in my late 30s wanting to like wear crop tops and more revealing and sexier tops that show my cleavage So it was sort of like lots of little steps on this journey, but it wasn't for anybody else except for myself.
0: Yes, I know what you mean. I do, I've done Bikram Yoga for, I don't know, Cliff. 17 years and I actually got certified to teach it just just because I wanted actually to do the the challenge of going through the training because it's very rigorous but the one thing I tell people like I love about it is like I'm that person that wants to be right up in the in front by the mirror. I want to watch the way my body moves and you're wearing almost a bathing suit because it's hot as fuck. It's 100 yes. degrees and you're just you're sweating and but the thing is I'm so like connected with myself, yes. and I get to see the, just the way my body looks and how strong it is. And I love it, you know, and it's, yes, I sort of pour into myself that way and I'm confident. And, you know, I mean, I, I like that. I don't, you know, that you're wearing hardly anything. It's fun.
1: Yes. And it's just this beautiful relationship that you have with your body. Like, I feel like so many women are at war with their bodies. Yeah. And at war with food. And so it's this liberation of like, I have a cellulite and I have stretch marks and my breasts hang down because I'm 41 years old. But being able to look in the mirror and love every inch and your hips and my yep. thighs are thick. And it was really just this whole reframing of This experience of being in my body and honoring the body that I have, not wishing that it was a different type of body because I'm thick and I'm muscular. But, you know, I feel like exercise, I got into lifting where I felt strong in my body. Dance, I feel sexy in my body. And then I started doing yoga, which I always say brings me to my most centered self where it's sort of aligning mind, body, and soul but all of these different packets of moving my body in different ways, which I think just lends itself to this idea of sex because-
0: It unlocks something. Don't you feel like that? Like, I mean, I don't know what you would call it. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of different theories on what it could be, but it could be your energy, your cheat, whatever, yeah. your chakras. But I'm just telling you what I really do feel turned on and sexually charged when I'm exercising, whether that's yoga or I'm lifting weights or I'm doing cardio, whatever it is. It's just like, I love it my body feels alive. I'm aware of everything that's going on. Yeah. And
1: it's, well, and do you just think about like chakras and stuff? Like you're mm-hmm. opening up that sacral energy, which is the energy of the feminine, like your orgasms too. Women realize <laughs> the power of that energy.
0: Okay. So why did you choose to go into teaching and what grade were you teaching?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I think, because my home life growing up was like very dysfunctional school was just like a really safe place for me. And it was a place that I got very good at the school game. I was like the straight A student, but this was also where in my programming as a woman, I learned about being the good girl. So I feel like I became the quintessential good girl. I was the straight A student. I was the People pleaser. I liked the positive attention I got from teachers because I was such a good kid and I didn't cause any problems. So I feel like teaching sort of became natural because it was where I felt safe and found praise growing up. Yeah. And when you got into that, what grade were you teaching? I actually did most of my career as an informal educator. So I taught field trips where teachers would bring their students to me and then we would teach them the curriculum and then they'd go back to school. So I always said it was the ant of teaching, like all the fun of teaching without all the actual stress and work of a traditional teacher. So that was sort of where I found my niche. And even my last job that I was fired from was informal education. Yeah. So, okay, you go from that to
0: now you're, you get the idea to start an OnlyFans. How did that come about? What gave you the idea? You know, like, that's a big jump. I mean like, oh, I know, I'll start an OnlyFans.
1: How did that come about? Yeah. So it was more from financial desperation because teachers don't make very much. And I was a single mom and I was trying all of these side hustles, you name it. I tried it. So there was a Facebook friend that had posted that she started an OnlyFans page and she posted a referral link and she had made $10,000 that month. So as a struggling single mom, I looked at it as an entrepreneurial opportunity to cultivate some financial security in my life. That really was the driving reason I started the page. And then throughout being on OnlyFans the last few months, I've just learned so much about the platform. Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show.
0: What reservations did you have when you started? and you know when I can just imagine like when you first published something where you did you crap your tights or you're like,
1: holy shit, the horses are out of the barn. I can't it's I can't bring it back now. I think for me, I was for the first time feeling really confident in my body and also remember, I've been on dating sites the last five years. So this yeah. concept of virtual sex, which is, exactly the same stuff I'm doing on OnlyFans, I was doing for free on dating sites. And this idea of virtual sex is socially and morally accepted in our society as long as it's packaged as a dating site, right? On dating sites, I was sexting. I was having sexy FaceTimes. I was getting unsolicited dick pics. So there's <laughs> yeah. really, I was exchanging nudes with men on dating sites. So this idea of the leap from dating sites to OnlyFans was a sh- very short jump. Other than I realized on OnlyFans, I'm able to monetize the very same behavior that I'm participating in, in the the virtual sex dating site culture.
0: Yes. I, see, I, I guess I didn't, I missed the part that you were on dating sites. I know... I am on dating sites, I guess, if you want to call, I call them hookup sites, you know, just because they, they I'm, are. I'm very open with my sexuality. Although I don't send these guys nudes and I don't, I'm just like, listen, there's a process. I run them through the process. <laughs> and I'm like, if you can't follow my process, then you're not going to get a chance to meet me because yeah. I need to qualify you whether or not you're going to stick your penis in my vagina. I mean, I don't know. You know, I have to like you. It's not, that's what I always tell them. I always tell them, hey, I'm not running an OnlyFans site. There's plenty of women that are. Go over there. That's what I tell them. Like, don't confuse it. So no, <laughs> I'm going to start sending them to you. I'd be like, listen, I okay, I see what you want, but let me tell you, that's not, I know somebody that can help you with that. And I'll refer
1: it for you. And as a woman, like when I got on OnlyFans, I really had the aha that this is my problem with dating sites. Dating sites is where men go for free sex, but there is this level of manipulation that I don't resonate with because as a female, I was genuinely looking for a heart and soul connection, a relationship. I really wanted to be remarried and I was getting for five years really feeling like I was being treated like a consumable by this hookup culture that everyone has accepted as part yeah. of the, the dating site culture. That was actually the dating site culture is the reason that I became celibate. And I, I've actually stayed celibate, even having my OnlyFans site.
0: Wow. And so this is just, we have a lot of weird. So I started the podcast I because I was that documenting after being celibate for three and a half years it wasn't like that it wasn't an intention it just happened there's a backstory behind it but and then i thought you know what i'm going to give myself a year to just go wild and lead with my sexuality and see what happens and i figured the idea was i was just going to shut it down after a year i wanted to document the changes i was very curious about who i was be- would be becoming because of it, you know, and I was just doing this in secret. And then I was just going to slink into the background, but it
1: caught on. And here I still am seven years later. Almost (laughs) an experiment. And it's interesting because I feel like within celibacy was sort of where I found my personal power, because like you said, you decided you were going to lead with sex. Men, have always had the permission to lead with sex. And I feel like as a woman, your sexuality is one of those things that society wants you to suppress, repress. The good girl image doesn't really allow you the same permission to explore your sexuality in the same ways. There's 10 derogatory names that they have for females who are, wanting to explore their sexuality, but it does not apply to men. So for me, really celibacy was where I decided to reclaim my personal power because I didn't like the hookup culture. I still don't. It's not something that resonates with me. I really feel like you, like if I'm going to have you touch me, there is a whole criteria that you're going to have to pass because I feel like my sexuality is sacred and it's not something that I want to just give to everybody. So yeah. that's so interesting because on OnlyFans, this virtual sex platform where I have still remained a celibate, but it's a very safe way for me to express my sexual energy without risking STIs, an unplanned pregnancy, being touched by someone I don't want to be touched with or really not consenting in a complete head-to-toe way with somebody. So it's actually been really good because I feel like it gives people the opportunity in a safe and virtual space to release their sexual energy, explore different things like kinks and fantasies, that you might not be ready to express in real life or in the bedroom. Right. So it's actually an exciting place because I feel like if people were more open-minded about this virtual sex experience, there is such a beautiful opportunity for people to heal wounds and traumas around sex, their body, and sexuality.
0: Yeah. So. I, I need to know how. How did you lose your teaching job? How how was the OnlyFans discovered by who? Yeah. And you know what happened? Did
1: they fire you straight away? Oh, or, you know? it was crazy because a few days before I got fired, we had a conversation in the office, my boss, another teacher, and I about sex work, and my coworker was like, "Hey, my." Husband went to a bachelor party in North Carolina and they hired a stripper and the stripper charged $600 just to show up to the party. So us making teacher pay, we're like, wow, that's great money. That's amazing. So then she joked about starting an OnlyFans and she was like, I think I'm going to start an OnlyFans, but I might have my husband do it first to test it out because gay men love him. Then my (laughs) boss says, yeah, you too should start an OnlyFans page and sell your panties online. Men love panties. You could make a lot of money selling panties. Well, at this point, I had just started my page, but I wasn't promoting it openly. When my boss said that, I was like, wow, like my boss is very open-minded. He's fine with me doing sex work on the side. He's seen me trying five, six side hustles just to get my head above water. So when he granted can me permission. I, can I, say, I,
0: I want to ask you something. I'm sorry. I don't mean did? I know yeah. you're in the middle of that, but something jumped out at me when you said that, you know, he's okay with me doing sex work
1: on the side. How do you define sex work? You know, that's such a good question because I think that word gets thrown around and I feel Very like- generic.
0: That's why I want
1: to like drill down on it. Like, what is sex work? I consider
0: sex work like actual, like I show up, there's an exchange for money and we're physical.
1: Yes. And it's interesting because I don't necessarily feel like I'm a sex worker, even though the OnlyFans content makers get classified as that. I feel like there's, Another term like e-sex worker, where really what I'm doing is providing visual stimulation. Mm -hmm. It's video chats. Yeah. So although it kind of gets lumped into the category, there really is this new face sex worker because of virtual sex. It's now the teacher, the neighbor, the pastor's wife. Because truthfully, almost everybody in our culture is participating in some form of virtual sex. If I looked in people's DMs and on their phones, they're exchanging photos, they're sexting, they are FaceTiming people, so it's interesting that people segment Where virtual sex is acceptable and socially and morally acceptable on dating sites, in social media DMs, but God forbid I start in OnlyFans and do the same thing and monetize it. Right, but okay. So now that
0: I interrupted you, let's go back to what I was saying. So, so you, we were talking about your boss, who you felt like, oh, he's so open, like this would be okay. And it sounds like you're about ready to say that you had told. Then you kind
1: of told him what you were doing. As well I, I didn't really tell him, but what happened was I went. It was like my very last day working before I went on summer break. So my plan was to try it out. I didn't know if I was going to like it, be comfortable with it. I didn't actually know what the platform was I had never been on it my idea was just I wanted to sell some nudes on the side for gas money you know yeah yeah what happened was this extreme right wing blogger found out about my page because after my boss had told me to start a page I started promoting it on my social media page And he got wind that I was a teacher with an OnlyFans page. He went to my page. He purchased my photos behind a paywall. And then he broke the copyright in terms of service use by writing this salacious, disgusting, and perverted article about me. He revenge-porned me and distributed all of my photos on Facebook and Twitter. And then he sent the photos to my boss and his boss. And within like three days, I was fired from my teaching job. Wow.
0: And did they, I mean, were they specific on the actual violations? I mean, does it say you can't have an OnlyFans? I don't know what a teacher's contract looked like. Right.
1: Essentially, I was an independent contractor for the state. So this is where things get a little interesting. They did not point to a specific policy that I broke, because I don't think I broke any policy. I really wasn't engaging in any different behavior on OnlyFans than I was engaging in as a single woman on dating sites. And I really felt like a breach of my privacy that what I was doing in my bedroom was not on the clock and really not my employer's business. It's legal and I really feel like if I'm paying taxes on this money, really nobody has gets a say because the government has deemed this work. So it was sort of one of those experiences where I was so shamed during that firing that I just wanted to get the hell out of there. And also mm-hmm. the trauma of the re- being revenge porned. It really is the latest way for men to weaponize a woman's body and sexuality by distributing her photos in an attempt to publicly shame and humiliate her. Even though what I was doing was private, on a private platform for adults, behind a paywall, I really, really want to... Advocate and start seeing some more laws around this because men are not shamed the same way, even with the dick pic culture and the unsolicited pictures. Men are not losing their jobs over it, they're not getting revenge porned and shamed for their bodies and their sexuality. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you it
0: sounds like I'm just picking up on some of the verbiage that you're saying here. Are you um, involved in litigation regarding the? person who did the perpetrated the revenge porn and also anybody on the school board or whoever was involved with your firing
1: I haven't been able to find a lawyer that's willing to take my case on but Mm -hmm. I'm hoping as my story becomes more public I was just on the Dr. Phil show that for me is not out of the realm of possibility because I feel like it's making a point for other women
0: yeah Revenge porn, I believe, is now a felony, isn't it? Well, it's
1: state by state. Okay. And in your state, what is the- There you know? are no revenge porn laws in Indiana.
0: Well, okay. So it's the, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm putting, I, I don't have a, a legal background, but I, I'm putting on my little, my thinking cap here. I'm like, well, but what about the, you know, you could switch the venue. Where was this person living? That did it. In Indiana too. Okay, so the venue is Indiana. Okay. I wonder if you could change the I wonder if there's a way to change the venue. Well,
1: it would be because interesting
0: since the internet's infinite, right? I mean exactly.
1: Like, and that's yeah. where I feel like there are I just need to find the right person who's willing to take yeah. my case. Because yeah. what happened to me in this this idea of revenge porn weaponizing a woman's body and sexuality against her is not going to stop and more and more women are going to be at risk of this because of the prevalence of virtual sex. So many women, young women, older women are exchanging photos. Even if it's privately with a partner or on dating sites, the fact that men primarily want to use this as a way to weaponize a woman's body and sexuality against her. And men aren't also being, they're excluded from this idea of revenge porn. It's not necessarily men that are, because men aren't shamed for sex in their bodies in the same way that women are. So that is where I do feel like if I have an opportunity to do something, I want to, not just for me, But for so that I can prevent it happening to other women, because women don't need any more shame around their bodies or around their sexuality. That's just right. It's not helping. It's It's not not helping. helping. Yeah.
0: this podcast really is about, it's about just having open dialogue about it, normalizing it so that this shit just falls by the wayside. It'll take time, but I do believe that the more that this subject comes up and people just talk about it openly and it's natural and it's normal and, you know, we all get our panties out of a wad, then it'll be okay. But in the meantime, there are these parts, you know, that you're talking about right now that really are a struggle and they need to be overcome. And hopefully just the little things that you and I are doing will help that. Now, I want to ask you about, because you said your OnlyFans is, you know, it's a platform to discuss your, you use it to discuss your sacred sexuality yes. and empower women. So tell me about that. How are you, yeah, I guess, how do you feel you're empowering women through your platform? And also just how are you, promoting your sacred sexuality?
1: Yeah, those are beautiful questions. So I think for me, the empowerment really is coming in by having my story be so public, but also in the midst of my story and journey, still reclaiming every little piece of this. So despite being revenge porn, what I did was took that as an opportunity to liberate myself from having to create an OnlyFans page in secret for fear of judgment or what other people might think. And now on my Facebook page, that's my employer, OnlyFans. And I have now been liberated to promote my page and let people know, yes, I'm doing OnlyFans. Yes, this is uh, an empowering opportunity talking about the empowerment of women for the platform because there's no platform out there that empowers women the way OnlyFans does. Not only do you get to take complete control of your sexuality, your sexual energy. I am now a business owner, an entrepreneur, and it allows me to take control of my financial freedom. Like all of these facets that women struggle to find ways to have freedom around, that platform allows women to tap into all of those things for herself. So I love to talk about how it is empowering for me as a woman. I love to promote my page, talk about it, because so many people who aren't on OnlyFans have this conception that it's it's a sex site only. So you think about COVID? You know what? That's, I will. I'll admit that's true. Um,
0: a while back, you know, somebody from OnlyFans reached out to me. You know, somebody in the company was trying to get me to move my podcast to OnlyFans, and I, you know, admittedly was like, I don't want the stigma. I'm not because I'm not. I don't even. I stay anonymous. People don't even know who I am. You know, Layla obviously is not my real name, and so. I just want to feel free to talk about my sexuality and not have it labeled in any kind of a way. And so this is how I'm doing it. And I felt that while it may be a good monetization Avenue that I didn't want the stigma because I just, I really felt like I'm leading a charge, but I don't need to lead that charge. That's going to be, I think, for other women, you know, women
1: like you. And but not- It's all one in the same. It's all yeah. one and the same. And I think that the destigmatization happens from education and yeah. talking about it. So, you know, with COVID, you think about a couple years ago, we are sexual, emotional, and social beings. So, all yeah. of a sudden, now people are in lockdown and you're taking away people's opportunities to be sexual, emotional, and social with other people. So what happened? Virtual sex. So now sex came out of the bedroom and onto the internet for everybody. And OnlyFans, while people know of it because it's a sex site, it's equally as much, especially for the the users, the fans, social and emotional mental health site for men. Yeah. So... Men lead with sex because they're comfortable with it. It's how they've been programmed. But as soon as they do that, guess what happens in the DMs? You start hearing their stories. You start, they humanize themselves. So even one of my favorite fans, he lives in the UK. We start talking about his self-harming. Yeah. Right. So men don't necessarily seek all the mental health support because we don't necessarily promote that for men in our culture. So it's easier to become friends with and talk in a private way and also sometimes in an anonymous way. As as much as you want to be anonymous because of the stigmatization, same for men, a lot of them use an alias. Yeah, They talk about different kinks that they have, different fantasies. It it is fun. Sometimes there's couples on there and they'll message me and be like, you're our favorite content maker. Or I'll post a picture like that was the picture we've been waiting to see from you. So in a way, it also gives partnered couples an opportunity to explore fantasies together without necessarily bringing a third, per- third or fourth person into the bedroom. There's a lot of healing and opportunities for exploration that only fans provides because it's virtual, it's safe. It's, it's a place right. that you can put those dreams and wishes and fantasies. And even for me as a content maker, I control and do exactly what I feel comfortable doing. So it's mostly self-pleasure. I'm doing video chats now. I take nude photos. But that's what I feel comfortable with. And I still have fans. And fans love that because it's not just about me showing off my body. It's also a platform where I talk about mental health. I talk about sacred sexuality. I talk about my struggles and how difficult the last couple of months have been. So, in a way, it there's also an opportunity for me to like humanize myself and most of the money that I get is really because I build relationships with people through the DMs and that's why they pay for the subscription and that's why they just like me because It's not, they can get pictures anywhere of any women, you know? Yeah.
0: So I know people are probably listening right now, like hoping that I ask, and I don't want to be rude by asking this because it's really none of our business. But would you mind sharing just in a ballpark, you know, how, what type of income you're generating from
1: OnlyFans? Yeah, that's, that is a great question. So my income right now is really sort of dependent on the media cycles. So that very first month that I was fired and I was in the news everywhere all over the world, I made like $26,000 on OnlyFans that month. Then the media cycle ended, it dropped. So the income on OnlyFans is very up and down. It's a roller coaster. I'm actually working on a training. That was one of the reasons why I started doing video chats, because it's a way for me to bolster my income on a daily basis outside of OnlyFans and subscriptions, stuff like that. So it's it's been a roller coaster this last month. I did really well. I think I was well over $10,000, maybe more. But I did just get paired up with another content maker that I met on the Dr. Phil show. And I'm doing her training and working with her. And she's made over a million on the platform. So the earning potential is there. I just also got thrust into becoming a content maker. And I'm also at the very beginning of my career on there. It's only been like four months. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is,
0: this is really new. I gotcha. Okay. Yes,
1: very new. So I'm hoping that as the media cycles continue, my income's just going to go up and up and I'm going to, Also be able to find ways to take my story and start moving it towards that, like empowering women and talking about my story and working on removing those layers of shame around women's bodies and sexuality, because it really is liberating when you're on the other side of it, you know, after... I was body shamed and revenge porn and you were body shamed too. Yes. When those photos get released, you know, people on the internet are very cruel, but well, I have a
0: question. Okay. Cause it's like, actually one of the next questions I had was just about, you know, how OnlyFans this help your self-confidence and also how do you handle trolls? Because yeah. God, you know, I mean, they're out there, you know, I mean, I get trolled, not just, just because of what I stand for, People yeah. don't know what I look like, you know, but they're, it just it's just bad enough because you're because you want to. You're a female and you're you're talking about sex and you openly admit that you even fucking have it. Yes,
1: <laughs> when I was a mom and a teacher,
0: you know, it just yeah, blows right.
1: people's yeah. minds. I think the truth is like when you understand that when people make comments on the internet what they are really doing is projecting all of their issues that they have inside about their bodies and their sexuality and the way they've been programmed about women, and they're just projecting it onto you. So while it was a very painful experience to read all of these comments about myself, thankfully, I've been on my healing journey for a long time. The last five years has been... Reclaiming my body, reclaiming my sexual energy. So once you've reclaimed that as a woman, nobody can take it from you. You know, and the other part to all of this is the ability for OnlyFans as a platform to help women redefine beauty standards. Because I am a top content maker on a platform and I'm 41 years old. I have a very thick, curvy body and cellulite and yeah. scars and stretch marks. My breast sagged because I haven't had a lift. lift and men still like it. So yeah. it's also been very affirming as a woman that sexy is a state of mind that if you think you're sexy, and you carry yourself with that energy of I am sexy, the people that also resonate with that are going to love it and love your body and love your energy and how you express yourself. And also know that, listen, I ain't for everybody and everybody
0: ain't for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, totally. I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear you say that. I think that there should be more accurate representations of, of women and bodies. And not only that, but how we look in a sex act that, you know, you, I am thin, but if I bend the wrong way, I can, you know, there, there's a roll on my stomach or whatever, you know, it's like every angle isn't fucking perfect. It's all angles and lighting, baby. It's all angles. but you know, it's like, but what I, what I love about, you know, myself and my body is that I love my body and I love like the lights on and, you know, like, I don't want, like when I'm having sex, like I, this is a, con- it's a connection, it's yeah. an act, it's an energy, and I don't want to stifle or hide any of it. No. And if you got, ro- I got rolls, baby, bring the butter. <laughs> See, and I love that. It's like, again, there needs to be more accurate representation of a beauty standard that's realistic and what women's bodies really look like, not, and the variation that's out there.
1: Yes. And it's fun and exciting for me being 41 and knowing, baby, there's a whole niche and kink for women my age. Like this idea that beauty ends when you're younger and your body has to be tight and fit and tucked and you have to have these huge breast implants is false. Like, I can't tell you how many men on my page are like, We love your body because it's natural and it's real. And yesterday, when I did a video chat, it was with, you know, a 20 something year old man. And he said, I love older women. He said, Please don't use a filter because I want to see your wrinkles. I want to, yeah, I find older women to be sexy. So all of these women who are like counting themselves out, I just want to encourage them that sexy is a state of mind. You don't know who's going to find you sexy, but at the end of the day, you need to find yourself sexy. That is so true. That is so true.
0: What would you caution women about when it comes to OnlyFans? Like, What would you advise them on? Like, this is the good stuff, but yes. you know you also need to be aware of X, Y, and Z.
1: I would caution them of, actually, not just OnlyFans, but anytime you send someone a photo of yourself that is a vulnerable photo, if you're naked or in a, a sex act, understand that could be used as a weapon against you by someone somewhere. And I would just say, be very careful because if you don't want that photo somewhere on the internet, maybe don't share it because there aren't, laws have not caught up with technology. And so there are not enough laws protecting women against the the revenge porn. So that's what I would say, first of all, is just know that wherever you post this, it could end up somewhere now i survived revenge porn and i'm here to tell you like you don't have to give your power away to that person that tried to shame you like that power is yours so if it's out on the internet great they can go and subscribe if you see if you like what do you see thanks for marketing for me your power is always yours and then the second thing i would caution is look into OnlyFans, because I I really jumped into it without doing research. My Facebook friend had showed that she had made $10,000 on the platform that month, but she had 35,000 Instagram followers. Yeah. Most women only make $150 a month. (gasps) Really? That's okay. That's the average. Wow. That's the average. So if... There is any opportunity that if photos get leaked or because of the stigma of OnlyFans that I really hope to be able to talk about, provide some education on, but we're not there yet, if it is going to risk your primary income, be aware that that is a real risk. And unless you get some media like I did, which really saved me in this case, It could really harm you because there is a lot of stigma with it. So I do want to be transparent about that. I don't want people to just go start a page and put their day jobs at risk if something happens like it did in my case.
0: Yeah, it's something that needs to be well thought out. Yes, which I did not do. So any, I guess this is sort of redundant, but any regrets or things you wish you had done differently?
1: Um, I think that oftentimes in our life, those like really dark, difficult chapters are the catalyst to bring more light and healing into your life. So while... It felt very painful in the process. I feel very optimistic that this is all going to lead to a bigger platform for me to talk about these really important, liberating and freeing ideas of women's bodies, women's sexual energy, women's sexuality, not only for other women, but for myself. And so I really feel optimistic that... This is going to be a really beautiful opportunity to alchemize this kind of what felt like was going to be the end of me is really just the beginning of a new chapter and a new story where I really step into the leading role with all of my feminine power and experience and energy that... I wouldn't have had as a younger woman. It's something that was cultivated and developed, you know, into my 30s and early 40s. So I'm excited about what's to come in the future. Yeah. Well, so what what is next for you, Sarah? What else is in the works? Well, I was on the Dr. Phil show. So that's going to be airing. Oh, that's exciting. That ought to help for the monthly numbers, It, it, It should. Anything with the media really does help. I actually just scheduled a flight out to L.A. to make content with another O.F. model and content maker that I met on the Dr. Phil show. Going to try some new stuff with some beautiful women, which I'm excited about. Uh, Start making some more professional content. I think start incorporating some content with some men as well. That I can control and feel safe and make some content with men and sort of work on some wounds that I that were created because of that dating site. Are you
0: going to be breaking your celibacy for this when you're saying you're uh, I working on
1: content think with men? No, so, but under the right conditions and with the right person. Which yeah. is the beauty of being a content maker is that I get complete control. And I make all the decisions. So it's like really that empowerment thing of like, I'll tell you what I feel comfortable with. And we'll go from there because I'm the boss, Um, as every woman should be. So I want to work. I want to write a book and I want to do more podcasts and just be open to these just amazing and wild, beautiful opportunities that I've manifested into my life.
0: Well, I'm so privileged and ex- and thank you so much for being on the Curious School Diaries. I'm excited that I was the first, you know, you'll always remember your first female podcast. I will. You popped my cherry,
1: my female. <laughs> I, I love my it. This is so yes. This is so exciting. Tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Sarah Dree. I just got the blue check mark. Um, to make my page official. And then all of my socials are love underscore Miss Sarah with an H. You can find me there on my OnlyFans page as well. I love my fans. I have to just say that it's been so healing because the men on OnlyFans are so respectful and kind and supportive. And it's a different type of man that is on OnlyFans. So that's been very healing as well. So I love my fans. The very best men and women find me and come to my page. So that's like very fun and very humbling. Yes, I wish you continued success. I can see
0: that there's a lot coming down the pipe for you. And hopefully you'll come back on and keep us
1: updated. I would love to have you back. I would love to come back, especially after I, I have some more sexy experiences myself.
0: Yes, absolutely. See, there's a follow-up there. We need to follow up once the- Yeah, what's it like being with a woman? I don't know yet. Oh my God, I've never been with a woman either. So that's going to be like, I so want to know. Okay. Women are
1: beautiful.
0: Yes, yes. This is exciting. Okay. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Now, I also want to remind you, Sarah has a wonderful offer. She's offering 25% off your first month when you go check out her OnlyFans. So please make sure you do that. you got to check it out. We want to support Sarah and thank her for being on and everybody else, you know that I love you so much. You know what my favorite thing for you to do is that is to go to my website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and leave me a voicemail. I love getting voicemails from you. I love your feedback. It's the way I get to know you. I know what's important to you. I get back to each and every one of you for personally, you have five minutes, so let it rip. Just go to thecuresgirldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side, and hopefully I will hear from you soon. That's it, everyone. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media.